What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Boys Podcast, episode 16. Week 2 is in the books. We got some surprise teams at 2-0, some teams that are extremely desperate at 0-2. We're going to break them down and get you ready for week 3, starting this Thursday night with Miami and Jacksonville. That's a real barn burner there, buddy. That's what we said last week, too. Yeah, and uh, all we one. all we did last episode is crap talk Cincinnati and Cleveland. It was the third best game of the week. We had the we had the Cleveland Browns defeating the Cincinnati Bengals thirty five to thirty. Uh, it was third best game of the week. Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield went toe to toe. Baker actually looked like Oklahoma Baker. Imagine how offensive setup works, right? Right. Uh, Cleveland made more plays on defense. Uh, Carl, take the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. I will say that going into this game, I had not. I don't remember the last time I was so wrong about a a football game that was going to be bad or good. I should say. Having a little bit of tech difficulty on my end. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm gonna. I am gonna go into the Bengals real quick while you're dealing with that. Yeah, you're good. Go ahead. Uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, 37 to 61. Oh my! 316 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, pretty damn good. Uh, you really don't want to see your rookie quarterback throwing the ball 61 times, especially when you have Joe Damn Mixon behind him. Who didn't play that much for some odd damn reason? Joe Burrow had four. Excuse me, six, 16 carries for Joe Mixon for 46 yards. Tyler Boyd seven catches, 72 yards on a touchdown. Mike Thomas added a touchdown, and so did tight end C.J. Uzama, and he went down with a season-ending injury. That is going to be something you're going to hear a lot tonight. Yeah. Um, it was ridiculous. Burrow was sensational. He looked like a 10-year vet out there, just carving up a pretty solid Cleveland defense. Um, as far as, like, the Bengals, um, they're not obviously not going to be a good team, but Joe Burrow's looked really good in the past couple, in his first two weeks. Um, I really thought they might have won this game. Uh, I just think the way Cleveland came out on offense, uh, and Carl will get here into the stats for them here in just a second, I just think Cleveland, I think they just played better in certain aspects. But the Cincinnati Bengals, they did look really, really good. I do agree. I agree with everything you you just said, just basically right off the top. You don't want to see your rookie quarterback throwing the ball 61 times because it's not a good recipe for success in the NFL. Um, Going into Joe Mixon not getting carries, it seems to be the offseason of... We're going to pay our running backs a whole lot of money and then just not give them the ball. Of course, I noticed that with Dalvin Cook yesterday, too. Yeah, they, they paid Dalvin Cook all of this money to get the same amount of touches as Alexander Madison. That has nothing against Alexander Madison. He's a great player, but you don't pay a guy all the money that you paid him to... To basically sit on the bench half the game. Yeah. I just... Going into the Browns... 
Yeah, going into the Browns, Baker Mayfield, 16 for 23, 219 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. That first touchdown he threw to OBJ. Insane throw on the run. Now, wasn't a touchdown, but is what it was is. Wasn't a touchdown, but we'll count it. And this backfield is insane. Lethal, man. Nick Chubb. 22 carries, 124 yards, two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt, 10 carries, 86 yards and a touchdown. OBJ caught a touchdown out of the out, out of the backfield. OBJ caught the touchdown we were talking about. Kareem Hunt added another touchdown through the air. It was just a it was a really good game to kick off the week, which is usually not something that happens. In on Thursday night football, for some reason the league is like, hey, let's put the worst game of the week. On Thursday night. Usually what happens. Indeed. But yeah, um, this game was really good. It was really fun. But I think it for was both, really fun to watch. I think for both teams going forward, uh, Cleveland needs to do more of that. Yeah, they and, need to do a lot more of that. And with and with Cincinnati, they got to get Joe Mixon more involved, and you get you cannot. Let Burroughs throw the ball 60 times. However, he did complete almost 40 of those, so that was positive. As far as for next week, Cleveland is back at home hosting the Washington football team, and the Bengals are in Philadelphia taking on an extremely desperate Eagles team. Very much so. Righty. All right, you want to roll into the Giants? Went to Soldier Field to play the Bears, a Bears team coming off a big win in week one over Detroit, a game they shouldn't have won, but here we are, DeAndre Swift. Yikes. Um, I'll take the Giants. Daniel Jones, not he didn't look good. He looked he looked okay. He didn't he didn't look good though. Two hundred and forty one yards on twenty five completions and an interception. Saquon Barkley only got four carries in this game, 28 yards. Unfortunately, torn ACL, done for the year. Uh, Evan Ingram led the team in targets and reception yards, and receptions, of course, with six catches for 65 yards. Um, Deion Lewis out of the backfield got a rushing touchdown on 10 carries. Only averaged two yards a carry, though. And they added Devonta Freeman about an hour ago, officially, to sign that contract to add to that backfield. And Blake Martinez led the defense with eight tackles. Uh, Julian Love got got an interception. And your boy James Bradbury got an interception. That was an insane interception, by the way. Yeah, that was absolutely insane. I was... uh, I've been very vocal about Carolina's offseason on this podcast. No! Them not re-signing Bradbury was a stupid move. I do. I absolutely agree, especially since y'all had money, just like kill it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think the Giants looked as good as they could with Saquon being out. Sucks for him. Um. The injuries this week were so bad. So sad to see. Um, so funny. Let's see. Going into the surprising Chicago Bears, Mitchell Trubisky, eighteen to twenty-eight, one ninety-two touchdowns, two picks. Back to old Mitch. Uh, Mitch. David Montgomery, 82 yards, 16 carries. Also added 45 yards on three catches and a touchdown. So that man was everywhere. Darnell Mooney caught the other touchdown. Allen Robinson, three catches, 33 yards for a guy that is their obviously best offensive weapon. 
Not what you like to see not if you're a Bears fan. Uh, no. Khalil Mack recovered a fumble while Deion Bush had an interception. Eddie Jackson led them in tackles with eight. And as we've said multiple times on this podcast, when a safety or corner are leading you in tackles, you're doing something wrong. 100% doing something completely incorrect. Um, they had four sacks, and including Akeem Hicks, who had a sack and a half, which is two to me. I hate that half step. But like I, said, uh, we, I absolutely hate the half sack. Oh, we talked about next really week. Out of context, but whatever. Man, the Bears. They will travel to Atlanta next week to face a red-hot Falcons offense trying to rebound off a horrible loss. Oh, oh we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. we'll get to that because I'm about to drag all over them too. And the Giants host the 49ers, and we'll get into the MetLife Stadium issue later. All right. Uh, Let's go down to Nashville. Nashville! For the Tennessee Titans, defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars 33-30. I tell you, man, this Jaguars team are some fighters. They are. They really are. Gardner Mitchell came out firing again, as he did against my... Poor Indianapolis Colts in week one. Oh, my God. I'm still so salty, and it's almost week three. But whatever. I digress. Gardner Minshew, 30 for 45, 339 yards, three touchdowns. Did throw two interceptions, and they weren't great interceptions. They, eh. He still doesn't make very good decisions with the ball sometimes. He tries to force a lot. He's got the, the Brett Favre mentality. Yep. Um, James Robinson, rookie, led the – Led them in carries and yards. Also scored 6.4 yards a carry is insane. In He's going to be claimed on a lot of waiver wires tomorrow. Yes. Yes, he is. Uh, Gardner Mitchell's touchdowns went to Keelan Cole, Tyler Eifert. Good to see Tyler Eifert finally healthy, albeit a little, probably a little past his prime at this point in his career, but... Still, still a pretty vital part to that offense, and also Chris Thompson caught a touchdown. DJ Chark had 84 yards. Um, pretty good, pretty good defensive performance by Jacksonville. They just couldn't close the game out, and Gardner threw a threw a bad interception to end the game. But a hell of a play by Harold Landry, though, who's known as a pass rusher. But I will let you take the Titans in a really good performance by Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, let's just talk about the fact that Ryan Tannehill went 18 of 24 for 240 and four touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Derrick Henry, 84 yards on 25 carries, which is a very piss poor yards per carry. Uh, tight end Jonu Smith led the Titans because, yeah, that's what happens when A.J. Brown's hurt. 84 yeah. yards, four catches, two touchdowns. Uh, ball was spread it around very evenly. Adam Humphreys and Corey Davis added the other two. Kenny Vaccaro had himself a game. 11 tackles, two pass deflections, and a sack. Kenny but, Vaccaro is one of the most underrated safeties in the league. Yes, I hated him when he was in New Orleans, but I love him now. Yeah, he's, he's so insane. Um, he plays the ball so so well. But Malcolm air. Butler also had 11 tackles. What's with all these corners leading teams in tackles this year? Uh, well, it's kind of clear when your quarterback's throwing the ball 87 times a game that somebody's got to tackle them. Yep. Uh, yeah, that was Jacksonville, Tennessee. The Jacksonville Jaguars are hosting the Miami Dolphins in an in-state matchup. And the Titans are on the road facing another desperate team, the Minnesota Vikings. Sorry, Jordan. 
Alrighty. Pick your next game. Mm, let's see what we're we feeling. How about we just jump into this disgrace of an ending to the Cowboys Falcons? Oh God. I'll let you kick off with the Cowboys. Just just I'll let you run with this for a second. Alright. Dallas Cowboys come back to beat the Atlanta Falcons forty to thirty nine in my second best game of the week. Um Fal- Falcons had Three multiple double-digit leads, 20-0, 26-7, and 39-24. Um, as far as Dallas is concerned, uh, this is the best game of Dak Prescott's career. Agreed. Plain and simple. 34-47-451 rushing touchdown. Excuse me. One passing touchdown and three rushing touchdowns on five carries for 18 yards. Literally led the team on his back. Zeke struggled early as he had a couple fumbles. Uh, but he rebounded for 89 yards and a touchdown on 22 carries. C.D. Lamb. That man. Breakout. Six catches, 106 yards. Amari Cooper, six catches, 100 yards, including an incredible one-handed catch. But if that would have thrown that better, it would have been a walk-in touchdown. We ain't going to talk Even about that, though. Amari Cooper is ridiculously slow. Yes. Dalton Schultz, though. 88 <laughs> yards, nine <laughs> catches, and a touchdown. Blake Jarwin. Yeah. Eight, yeah, crazy game. Uh, defensively, I don't really have anything defensively for either team because there was no defense. There was almost 80 points. We gave up on defense a long time ago. Um, yeah, now, Dallas did get lucky with the fact that the Falcons forgot how to field an onside kick, but Carl will get into that, and then I'll add my two cents because I still cannot comprehend what they were doing. I've watched the replay of this thing like ten times. I don't get it. But, Carl, we'll take the Atlanta down south Falcons. The, the Falcons in the dirty, okay, in the ATL, have one of the most lethal offenses that I've personally ever seen. But they can't stop anything. And they're 0-2 because they can't stop anything. Oh, oh well, before you get into them, speaking of the Falcons, because isn't this cute? Um, <laughs> They announced today that they are going to start hosting fans in a limited capacity starting week five against the damn Carolina Panthers. Woo! Just so y'all know before Carl goes into this, since 2014, the Atlanta Falcons are 10-2 mm, are against the Carolina Panthers, and they are undefeated against the Panthers at home. They haven't lost to them since 2013 inside the Georgia Dome slash Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Y'all, if you could see, if you could have seen the pain on Ian's face when he just said that. Like I'm telling oh. you. Oh my god. Teams have their, you know, rivals that they don't play well against. I don't even know why we show up the Falcon games anymore. Anyway, take the Falcon stats. Falcons. Matt Ryan, 24 for 36, 66 point. Not six, never going to stop, ever. Completion percentage, 273 yards, four touchdowns. Todd Gurley looked bad. He just looked yeah, bad. He hasn't looked of course, good. Cowboys defensive line is nothing to sneeze at. No. Also, I don't really understand why you got to give the ball to Gurley when your freaking weapons are playing like this. Right. 21 carries, 61 yards. His longest rush of the day was only for eight yards, and that's only 2.9 yards a carry. Calvin Ridley. 
Galvin Ridley. This, this man, man is Mike. turning into an elite receiver. He had seven catches for 109 yards, two touchdowns. Julio Jones had two catches for 24 yards, and they still put up 39 points. I just will say this thing about Julio. The whole thing of this game changed when he dropped that when when he dropped that pass from Russell Gage, which by the way was a beautiful throw for a wide receiver. Right, Russell Gage six catches, forty six yards, and another score. Hayden Hurst got on the score sheet with a touchdown, seventy two yards. Nothing, as you said, there's nothing to say defensively about this game. The ending, however, needs to be discussed, needs to be broken down, and will still never be understood, ever. I I still cannot understand. Okay, I might not understand the onside kick rule, but only the the fielding team has to wait 10 yards to touch the ball. The team that is trying to prevent the recovery from happening can touch it whenever they want! They can touch it when they want, but no, you have four Falcons staring at the ball. ball. Like, just jump on it. Like, I don't understand. It baffles me. I've watched it over and over and over again. They're just watching this. To me, and you mentioned the really good offense, it proves to me one thing. They should have fired Dan Quinn. I agree. Dan Quinn is still Falcons fans calling for his head to this day. Like... I don't understand how you can have that of a lethal offense and be 0-2. It just doesn't make any sense. But, not to discredit the Cowboys, Greg Zerline, that might have been one of the greatest onside kicks I've ever seen. It was. No, I mean, it was the Falcons' stupidity, but it was a great onside kick. And then he stepped in and banged home the winning field goal. Greg Zerline, he does what Zerline does. He does what Zerline does. And as for going into next week... Dallas Cowboys head up to the Northwest to play maybe the best team in all of football. Maybe. Dallas, Seattle, they're always good ones. And Chicago and Atlanta it welcomes the, the 2-0 Chicago Bears to town. And if they score 40 points and somehow lose to Chicago and Dan Quinn doesn't get fired, I'm going to cry live on this podcast next week. All righty. Oh, cry. where are we going to go next? You know where we're going to go? Where are we going? My favorite game of the week. I love watching the Saints get their ass kicked. <laughs> oh. We're going to Vegas. Allegiant Stadium is gorgeous. gorgeous. Now, I guess that's what happens when you spend billions of dollars so, for nobody to be there. I actually watched this whole game. I actually missed quite a bit of this one. I wasn't very into this matchup. I'm just going to tell y'all that listen to this podcast. The Las Vegas Raiders are a real good team. They are a real good team. Um, I will let you take the Raiders just because I don't trust you to say anything nice about the Saints. Yeah, that's a smart man because it won't. It, <laughs> I just don't trust you to say. I'm just. Nice. I'm just telling y'all on this podcast. Just there are going to be two moments this year where it's going to be life out loud funny. The preview for the Carolina New Orleans games, and y'all know the other one. We've mentioned it about every single podcast. Woo. Week eight I will be like. Awesome will be like two hours long just because half an hour of that is going to be Delby and Buddha going at each other's throats. We're going to really test Ian's editing ability. There will be no editing ability with that. I'm just going to let it go. 
forget the disclaimer out of the way. All right. The Raiders' offense could not be stopped in the second half. Uh, as good as Alvin Kamara was, he wasn't enough. Drew Brees looked real bad. Drew Brees is beginning to look very bad. So, uh, Jameis Winston isn't out of the question about getting some reps this year, y'all. Um, as far as the Raiders, uh, oh my god, did I really put David Carr in here? <laughs> Derek Carr's enough. Derek Carr. What a game. 28-38, 282, and three touchdowns. I mean, flawless. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Josh Jacobs, 88 yards on 27 carries. Uh, their lone rushing touchdown was from Jalen Richard. Uh, Darren Waller is the top five tight end in football. Let's just start putting that where it is. Uh, if y'all don't know Darren Waller's story, look it up. That kid was legitimately about one decision away from not ever playing football again. 12 catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown. Zay Jones and Alex Engold had the other two. Wow. So, remember what we keep talking about with corners and stuff? Damon Arnett led the Raiders in tackles with seven, including a really good goal line stunt, which saw a really scary situation involving the Raiders' star safety, uh, where he collided with the camera cart. That's why you picked him three rounds too early, to lead your team in tackles. Yes. Uh, yeah, the Raiders just look good. The stadium is gorgeous. I'm going to let Carl take the Saints because I find it really hard to say anything positive about that team. I don't have a ton to say very positive myself. Everybody wants to talk about Tom Brady starting to look old. Drew Brees is really starting to look old. Yeah. And I'm not saying that he played bad. I mean, he still had almost a 100-point QBR, but... The velocity is just not on the ball, and you can definitely tell that Michael Thomas isn't on the field. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm I'm so mad at Emmanuel Sanders. It ain't even funny. Yeah. Um, He did nothing. Yeah, it was not a good performance. Honestly, you're looking at them. It it was basically the Traquan Smith and Alvin Kamara show. It really was. Especially Alvin Kamara. Oh, mostly Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara had 13 carries for 79 yards. My screen is really big right now, so I can't see if he scored. Did Alvin Kamara score? Twice. Twice? He also had nine catches for 95 yards. Uh, as you said, Traquan Smith, who was a really popular waiver wire pickup in fantasy football this weekend, even though he had less than half a point week one. Okay. He had five um, catches for 86 yards, so somebody did something right. Emmanuel Sanders, the man Ian put a lot of faith in in fantasy football. One catch. Yeah, he can go to hell. (laughs) Jesus. See, it's not even his segment and he somehow managed to bury him. (laughs) Uh, Defense wasn't a lot to show up for for the Saints, to be completely honest with you. Trey Hendrickson had some tackles, had made some good plays. Malcolm Jenkins is still playing very, very well. To be 30 or First time I heard his name, like, all year. Right. Like, he's... It's just a really weird position to be in. Um, They're... The Saints... The Saints need to get this figured out. Or else they're going to be in danger of potentially not making the playoffs. 
Yeah, I can see it. Like, I don't... And they they're don't get any... Their tests don't get any easier next week because Green Bay is rolling into the dome. No, and Green Bay looking real good. And Aaron Rodgers is playing like a very pissed off Aaron Rodgers. You know and what? For the We're, Raiders, yeah, they go to Foxborough to play Whew. maybe the best quarterback in football at the moment. Don't even get me started. Oh no! Don't oh, even no. get me started oh. on that. Oh, no. We'll talk. Um, all right, Carl, pick a game. Pick a game. Uh-oh. Let's talk about my boys turning it around. Oh, boy. Jordan, I'm sorry for what you're about oh, to hear. Indianapolis, after one of the most embarrassing losses of week one, if not the most embarrassing loss of week one, they, they had the purple people eaters rolling into town. Purple people years, they didn't do anything. Well, the they they're purple, okay? They're they're still purple. Um uh, I will take the Vikings, you can take your yeah, own team, I was of course. Say, um Uh Kirk Cousins might have had one of the worst games that I've ever seen. It was bad. Eleven of twenty six. 115 yards and three t- interceptions. And they were not even good interceptions. Like, we talked good. about this before the show went on the air. How are you going to pay Dalvin Cook $12.5 million and give him the ball 14 times? That's just not it. 14 carries, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Eric Kendricks led the way with 12 tackles. I wrote in here not much to report for the Vikings because they play like crap. And that's actually very feasible. Like Anthony Bard did suffer a season-ending injury, uh, so it will be up to their fourth-round pick, Oregon former Oregon linebacker Troy Dye, to step in. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna let you take the Colts because there's literally nothing I can say positively about the Minnesota Vikings. There's in this game. not a whole lot to say about the Minnesota Vikings. Oddly enough, they were, they've been so hyped this all season. To be the best team in the north, myself included. Yeah, my ball, me too, by far. But Philip Rivers didn't have a great game, but we won twenty-eight to eleven. Very eleven. Very weird seeing eleven on the scoreboard. Yes. Again, that's the second week in a row. Because Miami had eleven points in uh, week one. Uh, Philip Rivers, 19 for 25, 214 yards, a touchdown, and another interception. I can't be mad about the interception because we won the game. We were lost. I would be sitting here crying about the interception. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. 26 carries, 101 yards, and a touchdown. That is Jonathan Taylor season. Didn't really love the pick when we made it, if I'm being completely transparent. But I'm very glad that we made it because... Marlon Mack, as we know, towards Achilles week one, done for the year, probably never plays for the Colts again. And you win the office pool this week if you had Mo Alley Cox lead the team in receptions and yards. Yeah, nobody did that. No, that no. Michael Pittman also chipped in with 37 yards, and Zach Pascal got the lone touchdown from Phillip Rivers on the day. Darius Leonard, six tackles, 
Interceptions by Kenny Moore and Kari Willis. And TJ Carey. Carey. And uh, Darius Leonard, if y'all didn't see the story, he gave his glove away after the uh, after the game, and he accidentally gave the fans wedding ring as well. Oh. Yeah. Well, damn. Yeah. Um. Also, it was a strong, um, it was a strong performance Colts by the Colts defense yep. and the Colts offensive line. Colts, yeah, Colts offensive line. Imagine that. Uh, the Colts did lose Paris Campbell for the year to a PCL injury, and unfortunately, they can't. Malik Hooker cannot stay healthy. He can't, and I honestly don't think he ever plays another game for the Colts again. Um, he, he tore his Achilles. I feel for him because the man's insanely good, but he just can't stay on the field. And these aren't like ragtag injuries. I mean, they're severe stuff. Yeah, there's some really, really bad injuries this weekend. Um... Yeah, as far as next week, the Vikings are back home hosting Tennessee while the Indianapolis Colts are literally going to have a field day with the New York hapless Jets. The hapless New York Jets, everyone. That's going to be a thing in here. Speaking of the hapless New York Jets. San Francisco. They somehow managed to lose to San Francisco, San Francisco who I swear is playing with a janitor right now at at least two positions. San Francisco 49ers defeat the New York Jets 31-13 after losing Nick Bosa, torn ACL, Jimmy Garoppolo, ankle sprain that won't sideline him for as long as they thought, Solomon Thomas, torn ACL, Raheem Mostert, sprained MCL, Tevin Coleman, light knee sprain. And just for y'all wondering... I don't think either one of us are going to spend a terrible amount of time talking about the Jets. Yeah, I'm just going to brace through them real quick because I literally yeah. do not care. Sam Darnold, 21-32, one touchdown. Frank Gore led them in rushing, 62 yards on 21 carries. Braxton Burrios, yeah, we all called this, right? Caught yeah. Darnold's lone touchdown pass, six catches for 59 yards. Chris Hogan led them, seven, uh, six catches for 75. Quinnen Williams adds seven tackles, one forced fumble, and two sacks on defense. Positively for the Jets, they did rack up ten and a half tackles for loss as a team. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that's it for them. Hapless Jets. On to the 49ers. Jets heading to the San Francisco 49ers side of the ball. Jimmy Garoppolo, as you mentioned, got hurt. Mm, got hurt. When did he get hurt? Third quarter? Yeah, like third, that. I think. But up until that point, he was 14 for 16. For 131 yards and two touchdowns, he was carving this team up, and that's not something Jimmy Garoppolo does. That's not his. That's not his thing. No. Um, Raheem Mostert also injured in this game. Uh, eight carries, 92 yards, but he got 80 of that on the first play of the game. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, often injured, Jarek McKinnon stepped in very, very valiantly with three carries for 77 yards and also scored. And also, you win your office league pool if you have Jordan Reed with seven catches, 50 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, as far as defense goes, nothing too crazy. Fred Warner is absolutely insane in the middle of that defense. He's one of the best linebackers in the league. But he led them with 12 tackles. I will say... Impressed with the Jets' defense, but, you know, 49ers literally don't have anybody on the field right now. No, the, the problem with the Jets is 
is Adam Gase. Adam Gase. It's Adam Gase. It's Adam Gase. It will forever be Adam Gase. The man should not be coaching 10-year-olds. So, and now San Francisco is hiring people to come investigate the field turf at MetLife. Guess who the 49ers are playing next week? Um, is it the Giants? The Giants in MetLife again. Also in MetLife. So that should be interesting. And we've talked about the Jets will travel to Indianapolis to take on the Colts in what is probably going to be an ass-kicking. I swear to God, if we lose to the Jets, Ian, I'm not doing this podcast because I'm going to be crying for a week straight. (laughs) Swear to God. All right. Let's go down to Tampa. Tampa. Oh, Carolina and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I do not want to hear anybody or any analyst saying how well Tampa played because if it was not for Teddy Bridgewater, this game would have been a Panthers victory because Tom Brady put up 68 yards of total offense in the third quarter and halfway through the fourth on one of the worst defenses in the National Football League. Yeah, so far through two weeks, Tom Brady just doesn't look like he has his zip on the ball. I feel like it's going to come in time, but and how they like have to do something to help him out? The NFC South is all over the place right now. <laughs> really, really is. As we talked about earlier, the NFC is looking bad this year, and the AFC looks stacked. But yeah, as you said, Tom Brady. 23 completions, 217 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And as you, most of you know, uh, they did sign Leonard Fournette a couple weeks ago after he got cut by the Jaguars. 12 carries, 103 yards, two touchdowns. Looking like Ronald Jones' job might be in a little bit of trouble, but we'll see moving forward. He had seven attempts for 23 yards and a touchdown himself. Mike Evans led the team in catches and yards with 104 on seven catches and a touchdown. Chris Godwin was out this game with a concussion, or he was at least in concussion protocol and not cleared. And speaking of insane linebackers, Devin White led this defense with 15 tackles. And I'm going to let Ian take over for the Carolina Panthers. Okay. Teddy Bridgewater. I love this man. But his stats do not show how bad he was. 33 of 42 for 367 and two interceptions. For a guy that prides himself on not turning the ball over. I don't know where the hell he was throwing that screen pass to. Uh, yeah. The uh, other interception, pretty- I don't know. And he also fumbled the football trying to be a freaking hero. I don't... Teddy's not... He's usually a really solid decision maker with the ball. I think Tampa was just doing some very exotic stuff that he hadn't seen. Like, he was... Like, I could care less about the 360 yards. You threw two picks, you fumbled once, you had three turnovers, and you're the reason we lost. Um, Christian McCaffrey, 59 yards, 18 carries, two TDs, 29 yards receiving on four catches. Unfortunately, suffered a high ankle sprain. The story behind this is actually interesting. He suffered the injury in the first quarter. 
but played through it until he had to take himself out. Yeah. I saw um, that. DJ Moore and, and Robbie aggra- Anderson. I think he re-aggravated or he inj- he injured it or re-aggravated it pretty well on that touchdown run. Yeah. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson both went over 100 yards. DJ eight catches 120. Robbie Anderson nine catches 109. Um, Teddy, yeah, we talked about his interceptions. Robbie Anderson also had a fumble, so that obviously doesn't help. You're not going to win games in the National Football League when you turn the ball over four times. You're just not going to. Um, as we talked about with the corners, Russell Douglas and Jeremy Chin led the Panthers in tackling. Jeremy Chin is everywhere. I love this yeah. man. Playing so well. Uh, he had eight. Douglas had nine, I believe. Yes. He stepped in pretty well after coming off the Eagles. Uh, it's just there's no tight end presence for Carolina. The offensive line is still abysmal. They have zero pass rush. Their linebackers are one of the worst trios in football. Their secondary is young. Uh, As you can tell, ladies and gentlemen, there's no bias here whatsoever. It's just nasty on defense in terms of awfulness. Yeah. Offense has potential, but with Christian out, I honestly don't see this team winning football games anytime soon. No, and I don't either. And that and that gets tough next week because you're going in to SoFi Stadium to play the Chargers. And who knows if this is Tyrod Taylor's team or Justin Herbert's team. or We're going to get into that here in a second because yeah. I'm an Oregon fan and I'm very strong about Justin Herbert. I have called him out before due to his issues that he had coming out, but we'll get to him in a second. Uh, and as for Tampa, Tampa Bay, they go to Denver against – and this this matchup was much more intriguing on paper until injuries happened this Sunday, but we'll get to that shortly yep. as well. All right, let's go out to L.A. for the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers. It was supposed to be Tyrod Taylor, but he suffered chest pains pregame after a uh, rib injury in practice. He had to be taken to the hospital. So with about five seconds of notice, in comes rookie quarterback Justin Herbert. Out of Oregon with zero prep against the defending champions. Goes 22-33 for 311. One touchdown, one interception, which is a kind of a rookie mistake. Um, he also added a rushing touchdown. He was excellent. He was. He looked like he's been here before. He was fantastic. He went toe-to-toe with the best quarterback in the NFL. He did, and they should have won this game. Yes, they should have. Um... Herbert's touchdown was caught by another rookie in Jalen Guyton? Yes, sir. Uh, Keenan Allen, 96 yards on seven receptions. Austin Eckler, uh, 93 yards rushing, 16 carries. Uh, Hunter Henry, six catches for 83 yards. How good has Kenneth Murray Jr. looked? Kenneth Murray has looked insane. He's all over the football field. Ten tackles and a pass deflection. I, I just can't say how good Justin Herbert was, and I just don't understand Anthony Lynn or his comments or his reasoning. How can you look at this game with no prep against the Kansas City Chiefs and say this man is not your starter for the rest of the year? Like, I, just, I, I don't get it, and that's not bias coming from the fact that I'm an Oregon fan. That's just common sense looking at the way this team played with Tyrod and looking at the way this team played with Herbert. I absolutely agree with you. I think, uh, I definitely think Justin Herbert played his way into at least getting another game. And I'm and telling you, he's will take him back out. Yeah, uh, 
I'm going to let Carl take the Chiefs, but I just I don't understand how Justin Herbert can't be at least getting another shot with a full week of prep and seeing where you go from there. Um, against a not against a no offense, not good Panthers team. You don't got to say no offense. I know. <laughs> um, speaking of the Chiefs, just another Kansas City performance. At this you know, point honestly, time. people were saying how oh wow they looked not very good. They weren't expecting Justin Herbert. Right. <laughs> There's probably not a more dynamic starter backup duo than Tarah Taylor and Justin Herbert in this league. They play completely different brands of football. Oh, yeah, not even close to the same player archetype. But, yeah, this is just another basic Kansas City Chiefs performance. 27 for 47 for Patrick Mahomes, 302 yards, two scores. Touchdowns were called by Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Both of them had over 90 yards in the scores. Travis Kelsey had nine catches. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire only had 10 rushing attempts this game for 38 yards. They really didn't need him to do what he did in week one. Um, He still looked really good with the touches that he got. And as far as defense goes, Damian Wilson led their team with 12 tackles. And Derek Nandi from the defensive tackle position had eight tackle assists, which is insane. Uh, they also got an interception from Jarius Sneed. At this, at this point in time, you just kind of recycle what you say about the Chiefs because we see it every single week now. Um, yeah. On the next week, the Chargers, as you said, are hosting the Panthers. Kansas City, on the other hand, is traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ravens in the game of the week next week. We're really going to find out how good Baltimore and Kansas City are next week. We are, and let's stay with the Baltimore Ravens while we're here. Heading for this week. Houston! Houston, we have a lot of problems. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder why. Um, Brian, I'll take the Texans in this one. I'll let you have the Ravens. Hit it. Deshaun Watson, 25 for 36, 275 Brandon Cooks, five receptions, 95 yards. They got a t- they got the lone touchdown from Watson to tight end Darren Fells. Um, uh, Zach Cunningham signed a big extension a couple weeks ago, showing up with 15 tackles and a sack. J.J. Watt got two sacks in this game, and Charles Aminahue got a sack as well. Um, the Texans aren't a good team. They have a lot of talent. They just are not a good team. They're not well coached. Yeah, so that's the case. Hmm. You know, I wonder if Watson needs an elite receiver to throw the ball to or anything. Oh, right. Oh, I wait. Whatever happened to DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, he's in Arizona balling, his, balling, balling out. We'll talk about him later. 
Uh, Lamar, I thought you were about to say bowling his balls off, and I was going to laugh. I, thought that, I was, yeah, that was where that might have gone. I, I kind of thought that's where we were going. Uh, for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, nothing special, but, you know, he doesn't really need to be all the time. 18 and 24, 204, one touchdown, 54 yards rushing on 16 carries. Gus Edwards led the Ravens in rushing because we all called that in the office pool. Office pool for that one. 73 yards on 10 carries. Mark Ingram out of the line rushing touchdown. Not a lot from J.K. Dobbins this week. Uh, didn't really do much. Hey, I can see your face again. I know, right? Uh, you got Patrick Ricard caught the lone passing touchdown from Lamar. Ball was spread around very evenly for the Ravens' weapons. Nobody really had a crazy game. Ravens got four sacks on Watson and five and a half tackles for loss. And we talked about how they held the uh, Texans to 51 yards combined on the ground. Uh, as far as Houston, they... I gotta scroll second they are i can't even read my the texans are headed to pittsburgh yeah (laughs) have fun with that watson um we talked about the ravens speaking of let's go there too pittsburgh and denver this game was over from the moment drew lock got hurt and denver season is probably fairly well over as well yeah i hate to hear it for them uh steelers defeated the broncos 26 to 21 ladies and gentlemen Pittsburgh Steelers defense is the best in the National Football League, and it's not even close. It's not close. Uh, Broncos were never the same after Lock went down, as I said. Injuries, just they can't stay healthy. They lost Cortland Sutton in this game to a torn ACL. They've lost so many people. Um, they have. The, uh, Pittsburgh had seven sacks, forced two turnovers from Jeff Driscoll. I'll take Denver. You take Pittsburgh. Jeff Driscoll, 18 of 34, 256, two touchdowns, two picks. He was sacked six times as well. The other sack came on Drew Locke, which is the sack that uh, pretty much ended his season for the most part. Effectively. Uh, The leading rusher was Melvin Gordon once again, 70 yards, 19 carries. Cortland Sutton did have a good game, three catches, 66 yards, but I said he did shred his knee. Jerry Judy, four catches, 62 yards. Noah Fant continues his amazing season. Four catches, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Melvin Gordon added the other Triscoll pass. Defense, Justin Simmons, easily the best player on that team right now. Uh, eight tackles, one TFL, two pass deflections, and an interception. Indeed, and flipping over to the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, 29 for 41, 311 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Didn't look as good as he did week one, but he still looked very, very solid. James Conner led the backfield with 16 carries for 106 yards and a touchdown. Gotta love all these, this fantasy football hype where Benny Snell was supposed to split carries this week, and he got three. Yeah. For five yards. Deontay Johnson led them in catches and yards with eight catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown. The other touchdown went on a long ball to the big man, Chase Claypool, out of Notre Dame. Chase Claypool looking like a real deal. Juju got seven for 48 in this game. Uh, a lot of sacks, as you said. A lot of sacks. TJ Watt had two and a half. We're calling it three. Uh, Cameron Tyson Hayward, half Lulu. sack, calling it one. Tyson Alulu, Terrell Edmonds out of Virginia Tech, the lesser known Edmonds brother. Well, the middle known Edmonds brother. Um, 
Yeah, it was just a really good performance. The Steelers are going to go a long way this year if this defense continues to play this way and Ben Roethlisberger takes care of the ball. Yep, as far as for these teams, the Denver Broncos are back at home hosting Tampa Bay, and Pittsburgh is hosting the Texans, as we talked about. Let's get to the final game of our Du Bois podcast crew. The Philadelphia Eagles hosting the Los Angeles Rams. And I'm telling you right now. I'm going to let you go ahead with what, you were, what, what you're going to say. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll chime in later. And as far as Delby, he knows how I feel about this. I told him last night. Carson Wentz is the sole reason why the Philadelphia Eagles are 0-2. He's been awful. He has looked very, very bad. Uh, the Eagles got off to a slow start. They couldn't get back on track. The Rams could not be stopped on offense. Um, and yeah, uh, welcome to the NFC West, ladies and gentlemen. The toughest division in football, and it's not even close. All yeah. four teams are 2-0, and correct? All three teams are 2-0. and San Francisco is 1-1. Oh, yeah. The darn Niners in there. 7,000 injuries. Yeah. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, of course, take Philly. Carson Wentz, 26-43, 242, two picks. Carson Wentz, terrible to start the season. If he does not start playing better, he will be sitting on the bench. I'm telling you that right now. Yes. Um, Did they know what they were doing all along? Yeah. I told him that last night. I was like, they took Jalen Hurts for a reason. Did they know what was about to happen? Uh, as far as rushing, it was led by Miles Sanders in his debut for this season. 95 yards, one touchdown, and 20 carries. Deshaun Watson leading the Eagles in. Deshaun Jackson leading the Eagles in receiving. I was real confused. I was like, wait, six, what? 64 yards, six carries. Offensive line was great. Carson Wentz keep holding on to the ball too damn long. Um, I just can't say anything good about Carson Wentz because if he doesn't play better, if they go to 0-3, I do see Jalen Hurts being the starter in week four. And you, but you know who does look good right now? Jared Goff. The guy that was taking one pick before Carson Wentz. Jared Goff, 20 for 27. Three touchdowns. All to one person. All to one person. Mr. Tyler Higbee. Mr. Big Time showing up for fantasy football folks. They had seven different players get a touch, get a rushing touch in this game. Cam Akers got hurt, tore some rib cartilage. He's going to be out for a little bit. Seems like it's going to be a Darrell Henderson, Malcolm Brown backfield, which could be pretty electric, honestly enough. Um, I feel like they knew what they were doing when they let Todd Gurley walk, or they released him, I should say. Yes, I agree. Cooper Cup, five catches for 81 yards. Tyler Higby, five catches, 54 yards, and three touchdowns. Micah Kaiser in the middle of that defense, 16 yeah. tackles. A fourth Yeah, yeah. And Troy Hill and Darius Williams added interceptions. For some reason, I could not read the name Darius to save my life. I was staring at it, and I was like, what does that say? The Rams are in New York taking on the Bills, and we, and the Eagles are back at home hosting Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I, I just, just to touch back on what you said, um, the Eagles fall to 0-3. They have nothing to lose by playing Jalen Hurts. Nope, nothing. And I'm telling you, while the NFC East is all over the damn place... That's an understatement. I don't see a way where Dallas doesn't 
win this division. Right. Uh, if the if the Eagles don't present them as competition, the Cowboys are going to win this division by like eight games. Yeah. God help me. Or oh, help us. I, I can't do it. No. <laughs> um, since we said Buffalo, uh, let's go on to them. They defeated the Miami Dolphins 31-28. Miami did not go away in this game. Back and forth. The fence, they Miami doesn't give up. They're just not there yet to compete with Buffalo. Man, I can't wait for this New England-Buffalo game. You mean MVP candidate Josh, Josh Allen? Allen? Oh, I will take the Dolphins. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 31-47, 328, two touchdowns. So Look. much better than he was in week one. Looked good. Yeah. Looked very good. Uh, Jonathan Howard added one run touchdown. Everyone's favorite Madden player, Mike Gusecki. That man is insane. Eight catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Devontae Parker added a touchdown on five catches for 53 yards. Look at Isaiah Ford. Virginia Tech stand-up. 76 yards on seven catches, and Nick Needham led them on defense with 12 tackles. Hit the Bills. Hit the Bills. I feel like we could have done a much better pun there, and we just kind of missed the opportunity. It's too late now. Um, Josh Allen, 24 for 35. 417 yards, four touchdowns. Y'all understand how insane those numbers are? Devin Singletary led the backfield with 10 attempts for 56 yards. They don't really need to run the ball. They, They don't need to do that. They had catches by nine different receivers in this game. They lost tight end Dawson Knox to a concussion. Stephon Diggs led the way with eight catches, 153 yards, and a touchdown. John Brown caught. I see. I was not even going to say anything about Stephon Diggs. Uh, Oh, my. Uh, Gabriel Davis and Reggie Gilliam also caught touchdowns. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I don't know who Reggie Gilliam is. I really have no clue. Yeah, I honestly had never heard the name before I went and looked up his stats. Um, as far as defense goes, Levi Wallace, hashtag cornerback tackle committee. With 10 tackles, uh, Mario Addison had three tackles a sack. They got a forced fumble from Vernon Butler. There you go. There you go. Carolina Pride. Yeah. Vernon Butler. Yeah. And Micah Hyde had nine tackles. As for next week, we've touched on this. The Rams-Bills might be one of the best games of the year. And Dolphins are Jacksonville Thursday night against Jacksonville. Maybe if I crap on this game enough, it'll be as good as last Thursday was. This game's going to be really bad. I have a feeling. And Detroit. Green Bay. Oh. Oh, you know God. what's funny? I told our friend at work named Stephanie, Detroit was playing well, then they didn't score another point. <laughs> I know. They were they were pretty well in command of this game. And it then Aaron good. Jones happened. Yeah. Uh, I'll take Detroit. Uh, Matthew Stafford, 20-33, 244, two touchdowns, one pick. Doing Matthew Stafford things. Yeah. The Lions had 89 yards rushing as a team. They literally still cannot figure out this position. No. 
The lone rushing touchdown came from Carrion Johnson. Uh, there's still no Kenny Galladay. Uh, he's supposed to be back for week three, and my fantasy team will thank the fantasy gods. Me too. Uh, but look at TJ Hawkinson impressing again. Four catches for I 62 yards. More than one good game. And Marvin Jones and Marvin Hull. Both of the Marvins caught Stafford's two TDs. Uh, Jeff Okuda looked meh. He didn't look great. But to be fair, not really fair to him asking in his first game going against Devontae Adams, who didn't do much, which is a and scary proposition. And he's very unlikely to play next week, or this week, I should say. Yeah, heard that. Uh, but uh, speaking of Okuda, he led the Lions in tackles with seven. Uh, <laughs> we've talked about this over and over again. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones specifically. Are you serious? I'll let Carl take it from there. Yeah. Um, just, just, just so y'all know, the, the Packers scored 42 points, and Aaron Rodgers had eight. Completions. Yeah. What happens when Aaron Jones puts up nine yards a carry? Eighteen. I'm gonna brush over Aaron Rodgers' stats. Okay, he did Aaron Rodgers things. He threw for 240 yards, two touchdowns. Okay, Aaron damn Jones, 168 yards on 18 carries and two touchdowns. 9.3 yards per carry. 9.3 yards a carry. And you might be thinking, ah, oh, that's just that's just stat inflation. No. Jamal Williams, 7.9 yards a carry. Yeah, Detroit talking, can't stop the run. There are a lot of Panthers-type defense out here. Exactly. Uh, oh, also, if that wasn't enough, 68 yards on four catches for another touchdown. I Over mean, 200 yards okay, of offense. Quick math, that's 236 total yards and three touchdowns. Insanity. It's also um, scary when Devontae Adams catches three balls for 36 yards and they put up 42 points. Yeah. Um, um, uh, Channon Sullivan, interception off of Stafford. Christian Kirksey, 12, 12, 12 sacks. Wow, 12, 12 tackles. Tackles, tackles, tackles. tackles. Wow, 12 sacks. That man was just killing the game. <laughs> My God. Uh, Rashawn Gary had uh, four tackles and a sack and a half. Two sacks. Two, two Rashawn sacks. Gary looking well. It's me. Also, can I just and, say something really quick unrelated to this game? Can you imagine if the Raiders had taken literally anybody else? <laughs> literally anybody else. Um... As far as next week, the Lions, it doesn't get any easier. They got to go face probably the best underrated team in football, the Arizona Cardinals, who we're going to talk about next. And the Packers are down in New Orleans facing the Saints. And if New Orleans loses their game, there's going to be some talks going on down there. Speaking of the Arizona Cardinals, they defeated the Washington football team. Yep, they did. I cannot I'll find the, the Cardinals. I'll where, the football are, team. where in the world is this game? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I know I did notes for it. Uh-oh. Ian <laughs> doesn't have a malfunction. I know I did notes for this game. Uh-oh. Ah, there Ladies it is. Gentlemen, if y'all can see his face trying to find these. <laughs> there, it <is. laughs> there it is. The Cardinals... Def- uh, defeated the Washington football team 31-15 to in a game that wasn't even close. The Cardinals are on a damn mission. Their offense cannot be stopped. 
Washington's defensive line did had no answer for Kyler Murray outside of one really bad interception. The Cardinals defense did their part. This team's 2-0, and looking at their schedule, I don't see them losing anytime soon. No, they have one of the easiest schedules in the game in the league, and I'll let you uh, handle the, the Cardinals' stats. While Kyler Murray continues his MVP can, uh, race. 26 of 38, 286, one touchdown, one pick, 67 yards, eight carries, six, two touchdowns on the ground. Um, uh, on the rushing side of things, outside of Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake, 86 yards, 20 carries. DeAndre Hopkins continues to give the Houston Texans two middle fingers. Yep. Eight catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Three guys had over 50 yards beside Hopkins. Larry Fitzgerald, seven catches, 50 yards. Uh, that was the main one, I think. Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella, Carl's main go-to in our Madden League from last year. That man's unstoppable, okay? Um, <laughs> they forced two fumbles. They sacked Haskins four times, and they had eight and a half tackles for loss. That's insane. So that's the Cardinals. Now to the football team. That's just stupid to say. I hate saying that. Yeah, I do too. Uh, okay, Dwayne Haskins, 19 for 33, 223 and a touchdown. Didn't look bad, in all honesty. Um, they they can't run the ball. They they have 87 running backs and can't. They're the Lions. Pretty they're, much. They're, but better. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, Antonio Gibson had 13 carries for 55 yards. They didn't run the ball a lot. They were behind early. So. Uh, Antonio Gibson had a touchdown. Uh, J.D. McKissick, welcome back to the to the league. Forgot you were a thing. Eight carries, fifty three yards. Scary Terry McLaurin highlighted a game for the the football team. That's so stupid to say. Seven catches, one hundred twenty five yards, and a touchdown. Defensively, Kevin, Kevin Pierre Lewis was all over this game. Fifteen tackles, a forced fumble. And Landon Collins got the lone pick of the game. Chase Young got a sack. Because Kyler Murray made a really bad decision on that throw. And then Chase Young added a sack just because Chase Young is doing Chase Just Young because case. he's going to get one. Literally. As far as next week, Washington will travel to Cleveland to take on the Browns and the Cardinals host the semi-hapless Lions. Oh, oh wait. Uh, and one thing we didn't touch on in the Kansas City game, Harrison Butker... Is insane. 350-plus card field calls. And he said he was kicking them from 67 pregame. And we let this man walk. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. No, that's, uh, that might be the worst thing ever. Uh, I don't, uh, <laughs> everything is the worst Cam. thing. Don't, okay. No, don't go that far. <laughs> that might be worse than Cam. Uh, and speaking of Cam, you like how I just just flip that around? I like how go. I like how Cam the Seahawks Patriots game is the final game that we're going to talk about. Right, and I'll I'll let you have your boy Cam. Uh, this game was nuts. It was. This game was insane. Cam Newton and Russell Wilson went head to head in a duel. Uh, as far as for Cam, Newton, 30 of 44, 397, one touchdown, one interception, 47 yards rushing, two touchdowns on 11 carries. Oh, but remember, he was going to rush the ball less this game. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Almost 400 yards passing. 
Julian Edelman had his best career game. Eight catches, 179 yards. And one of the best catches I've seen in a long time, too. Uh, you got Jacob Johnson caught Cam's passing touchdown. Who? Jacob Johnson. Who is that? I don't know. I just got him Did from they just they, they found, is he white? No, I, no, I don't think so. I was going to say, did they go outside and find another white guy to just catch the ball? Because that's a thing that happens. Uh, and then another Christmas. former Panther, Demir Bird, had 72 yards, as did Nikhil Harry, who I'm amazed that man is walking after how oh. he got lit up. Uh, also, that, anyone that debates that, that was a dirty hit. It was a very dirty hit. It was also a ball that Cam should have never threw. Hospital pass! Nikhil Harry's life. Okay. Um. Yeah, the Patriots were really good offensively. There was no defense really to be found in this game. But uh, also, DK Metcalf against Stephon Gilmore. This got physical. I'll let Carl yeah. go into the DK stats, but this Patriots secondary is one of the best in football, and Russell Wilson carved them apart like turkey on Thanksgiving. Ooh, now I need a nap. All right, then. <laughs> Uh, Russell Wilson, just your casual 75% completion percentage, you know, 21 for 28, 288 yards, not one, not two, not three, not LeBron, not Miami Heat, not six, five touchdown passes. And a, and a, he did get pick six, but that was, might have been Greg Olson's fault. Yeah, come on, Greg. Uh, yeah. Um. Speaking of, really good moment before the game between Cam Newton and Greg Olsen. Like yes, it was. It, Ian it, probably doesn't like to see that. Uh, I cried a little bit. No, time. I mean, he should have... Uh, they should still be in Carolina, but we're not going to talk about that. Chris Carson led the Seahawks in rushing with 72 yards on 17 carries. Tyler Lockett, seven catches for 67 yards and a touchdown. David Moore was one of the most insane catches I've ever seen. Yeah, it was nuts. Three credits for 48 yards and a touchdown. Chris Carson, you get a touchdown. DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf, you get a touchdown over the best corner in the league. Also at 92 yards. Oh, and Frank Frank Swain, you can have a touchdown too while we're at it. That was in the office pool, huh? Yeah, we had that one in the office pool. And on the defensive side, Jamal Adams everywhere once again. Yeah, literally you got Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams. Like, what are you going to do? Ten tackles, one sack, two quarterback hits for Jamal Adams. Patriots are at home hosting the Raiders, and Seattle are hosting Dallas. And that was week two. Now comes week three predictions, and I tell you, this man has the best sheet I've ever seen in my life. You, I mean, if y'all could see it, you would be so proud. <laughs> I, I love this thing. Oh, Oh, man. Okay, just just so y'all know, it's basically written in black chalk on the back of instructions on how to put a shelf together. TJ <laughs> um, Maxx Home Goods Life, boys. Yeah. I think I'll fire me. They'll be like, oh, well, oh, well, be all right. They ain't going to do right, anything. Let's kick this off Thursday night. Who you got? Miami, 1713. What? Huh? <laughs> Oh, here we are. Okay. <laughs> Jacksonville 28-13. Here, here we are. Okay. All right. 
Um, Vegas has Jacksonville three-point favorite over under 47 and a half. Pittsburgh will defeat Houston 28 to 10. Hold on, where is that? Pittsburgh. Oh, okay, there it is. I got Pittsburgh over Houston 24 to 10. We're almost um, there. Vegas, Pittsburgh's a four-point favorite, which is not a lot, actually. And then the over-under is at 45. Um, let's go San Francisco, New York Giants. I got the, the Niners, who are, I swear to you, are once again playing with, like, five janitors at this point in time. Winning 20 to 14. I've got them 17 to 7 in a slugfest. I like it. Um... Uh, Vegas is going your way, too. They have a four-point favorite for San Francisco with a 41-point over-under. Uh, I've I've got the Bengals defeating the Eagles and sending them to 0-3, 23-21 on a last-second field goal. I have Cincinnati over Philadelphia as well, 20-17. I'm telling you. Five-and-a-half-point favorite, 46-point over-under. Take the under, people. Make you some money. Speaking of 0-3 teams, I've got Tennessee sending Minnesota that direction. 31-21. 21-20. Tennessee over Minnesota. Tennessee, two-and-a-half point favorites. 47-and-a-half point over under. Let's go to what could potentially be the game of the week. Oh, we're, we're, oh. Got Dallas losing. To Seattle. 28-21. I've got Dallas winning 34-31. Ooh. Uh, Seattle, five-point five favorites. 55-and-a-half point over-under, which is the highest of the weekend. Uh, let's go, let's go, let's go. Uh, the Packers will send New Orleans to 1-2, and two, and they will win 40-30. to 30. I've got New Orleans pulling this, pulling a game back. 23-16. to 16. New Orleans, three-point favorite. Oddly enough, and a 51-and-a-half point over-under. Um, the hapless New York Jets are going to lose real bad. I've got 28-9 to with no touchdowns for New York. I got 42-17 Indy, and it's the biggest point spread of the weekend, but from Vegas, they have, have Indy at 11-point favorites. With 43 and a half point over under. So I guess I'm betting the over because I got Indy scoring 42 out of that 43 and a half. I have. The Tampa Bay will defeat Denver 21 to 3. Ooh. It's not Drift Driscoll season, huh? No, not against that defense. No, no. I got Tampa Bay 20 to 10. Tampa Bay six and a half point favorites, 43 and a half point over under. We're going to go up. No, actually, we're going to the desert. I've got Arizona taking down Detroit, 35-21. I've got 31-14, Arizona. Arizona, five-and-a-half point favorites, 54-and-a-half point over under. Going to the West Coast. Buddy, I don't see the Panthers winning. There's no way, especially if Justin Herbert starts. I've got the Chargers, 24-10. I got 27-13. Chargers, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-unders at 44. The Falcons will finally get on the board with the win column as they just outscore the Bears 35-20. to 20. They just out. They just, just out. Best defense is a good offense. Yep. That sounds like some really bad coaching. I got a one-to-point in my life. 
right. Yeah, I got Atlanta 30-14. to 14. Atlanta's only a four-point favorite. The Patriots will put the Raiders at their first loss of the year, 29-23. I have the Patriots 34-27. New England six-point favorite, 47-and-a-half-point over-under. Cleveland, they go to two and one after they defeat the Washington football team twenty-four to thirteen. I got Cleveland continuing to rack up points, thirty-one ten. Cleveland seven-point favorites, over/unders at forty-four. And the Rams will go to three and zero, defeating the Bills twenty-one to seventeen. Wow. I got Buffalo going three and zero, winning thirty-one to twenty-seven. Buffalo is a two-point favorite, over under at forty-eight. And final game of the week, Baltimore will go to three and zero, defeating Kansas City forty to thirty-four in overtime. I've got Kansas City going to three and zero, thirty to twenty-seven in overtime. It's going to be a crazy game. game. Fifty-three and a half point over under. I will say. Carl, that little conference realignment thing is kind of impressive. My head hurts. Wait a minute. Trying to do this. Oh my gosh. I just flipped over the wrong Bro, paper. I just got a text from Steph that said, Hey, fella, the podcast. I hope the podcast is going well. <laughs> I got a text. I got a text from her as well. <laughs> we're not going to read what that says. We're going we're gonna to keep that one. Yeah, we yeah. Ian, you want to know how to put a shelf together at TJ Maxx? I already know. I hate hardware. <laughs> Conference realignment. Something fun that I forgot about until earlier. Hey, today. Carl. Remember when yeah. I said hour tops? Uh, we're probably a little over, are we? What time is it's it? It's one hour thirteen minutes right now. Uh, we'll make it about an hour and twenty. That's what we do around here. Yeah. Uh. We won't, we won't elaborate on these much, but who's your who's in your NFC West? You know, the bad thing is I literally did forget about this. <laughs> oh, my God. So I'm just going to react to yours. Cause... Yeah, okay, that's fine. I'll read you mine. NFC West, I have the Rams, the Seahawks, the Niners, and the Raiders. I have no arguments there. The AFC West, the Chargers, the Texans, the Chiefs, and the Broncos. Mm. I would I, still have the Chargers and Rams in the same division, but yeah, I kind of I wanted to divide them up a little bit. Um, the NFC is where this guy gets. Just if y'all could see how many scribble marks I have on this paper. The NFC East, I have the Bills. The Giants, the Patriots, and the football team. Ooh, no Jets. No Jets. The AFC East, I have the Ravens, the Eagles, the Panthers, and the hapless Jets. I mean, wait, did you say Baltimore and Pittsburgh? No, I have Baltimore and the Eagles. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. Panthers, Eagles twice a year. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. Oh, God. The NFC South, the Saints, the Cowboys, the Cardinals, and the Titans. 
Where the hell did the Cardinals come from? Well, they're they're kind of in the South. They're just in the, in the wrong half of the country. <laughs> and I would assume that leaves the three Florida teams. The three Florida teams and the Falcons in the AFC South. The NFC North, I literally could have left the same, but I changed it just to be different. I have Green Bay, Detroit, Chicago, and Cleveland. Poor Cleveland. Poor Cleveland, man. Well, you got the Browns and the Lions in the same division. God help us all. The AFC North, I have Indy. Minnesota. Hey, that's twice a year. Cincy and Pittsburgh. I like it. My brain hurt. I forgot there was teams, okay? I forgot the names of some teams and I just <laughs> kind of threw them in there. Yeah. <laughs> All the scribble marks. Yeah. <laughs> I changed the East about six times. Six times. Six, six times. times. Week two was riddled with injuries. It had three really good games, including a shocker last Thursday night. Seattle and New England was exceptional. Atlanta and Dallas was exceptional. The Atlanta Falcons are a bunch of TJ Maxx home goods level morons. People, <laughs> if you don't understand the amount of moronery, just, just picture the worst thing you can think of. And make it worse. Yeah, that's the nice way of putting it. And just make it worse. Um. Uh, oh, also, just to touch on something, uh, as far as other sports go, we got a 1-1 series tie between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Dallas Stars in the Stanley Cup Final. Saw that. Not much of a hockey guy, but... Uh, the Miami Heat are up 2-1 over the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Final in the NBA. Who you got? Who, who you got in the finals? Well, I know who you're going to say, but who you got? Miami and the Lakers. Me as well. And I've got the and I uh, and I've got the Lakers winning that in five. I feel like if Miami makes it to the finals, they're going to win. I'd be okay with that. I I really did. Ian Ian's a Heat fan. In yes. case y'all are wondering, Heat fan. Yeah. No, I feel like I feel like the Heat can match up against the Lakers very well. Yeah, um, I do too. As far as on the baseball side of things, uh, postseason starts in a couple weeks. A couple teams. That's insane. Yeah, a couple teams have clinched playoff spots: Yankees, Dodgers, White Sox. There's another one in there: Padres. Yeah, the Padres. Um, also, speaking of MLB, is expecting to have fans on a limited capacity for the championship series and the World Series. Aren't are they bubbling yes. for the playoffs? Mm -hmm. I thought so. Yep, they are. How are they going to bubble with fans? That doesn't even make sense. Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm all for it because fans kind of make baseball, honestly. They do. I, I've, I've been very out of touch with other sports other than football. Uh, college football, not the same environment. I mean, to be fair, I, you I, are a Florida State fan, so. Hey, hey, hey. I mean, hey, I don't even know if Tech's going to be playing football this weekend because they can't stay off freaking COVID. <laughs> COVID like it's drugs. Oh, it is for some of them people. <laughs> they can't stay off the COVID. <laughs> My God. Sorry, Toby. <laughs> um. Um. Right, you know, as far as college football, the SEC returns this Saturday, which 
Should be some fun games mixed in there. Uh, get to see how if Florida's going to live up to their hype. Alabama will be Alabama. Um, you see LSU start their national championship defense. Won't be a defense for very long. Um, the Big Ten is coming back in October. Um, they're going to play eight games, which is basically just reasoning to get Ohio State in the college football playoff. Yep. Watch them come out and just suck. Twenty twenty would twenty twenty would be the year. So, Steph, you're welcome for this. Twenty twenty would be the year that Michigan finally beats Ohio State. Like, it just like blows them out. Um, like, Pac twelve is still on the fence. Uh, Thanksgiving is kind of where I'm hearing for them. Um, but the ACC is kind of just dominating college football. Oh, uh, there has been a cancellation. Next weekend, Wake Forest and Notre Dame because of seven positive cases for the Fighting Irish. Um, Catholics get you every time. I think we've covered every sport there. I think so. Um, for the most part, are they playing? Are they playing college basketball this year? Any uh, they plan to do it in a bubble, from what I understand. Okay. I Not like in a crazy bubble, but um, they do tend to hold that they are holding the preseason NCAA tournament at the same place they're holding the NBA playoffs. Um, I will say though, having March Madness last year was kind of a bummer, but I understand why. Uh, college basketball, like obviously, I have a team, which is the Connecticut Huskies. Uh, but it's March Madness. March Madness is March Madness. So it was really weird, but there was a lot of things happening in March. The thing is, is they probably would have been better off playing in March than they would have been now. Yeah. I mean, that's a fair point. I just, I don't really understand a lot of things with that. I thought you were just going to say you don't understand a lot of things, and I was going to make me too, man. (laughs) That's a fair point. That is a very, very fair point. Well, guys, that's going to do it for episode 16. That's, that's four months worth of podcasts. Yeah, uh, I never thought. Um, but I know it's been a lot of us lately, but, I mean, Delby and Buddha are, you know, in school and actually oh, have important Oh, their education's like that's important. Yeah. Bastards. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, um, oh, it just went pitch black darkness up in here. Yep, I turned the light off. Um, but uh, week three definitely has some promise to have some really good games. I'm probably going to be coming on here next week talking about the 0-3 Panthers more than likely. Yes. Yes. Just every kind of yes. Carl's doggo, by the way. Um, but, yeah, week three definitely has some promise. Uh, it should be an interesting week uh, as we approach closer and closer to what I am so looking forward to. Week eight, God help y'all's ears. Y'all have no idea. Carl doesn't even have any idea because he's never heard this. Um, but yeah, I, we went through predictions for week three. We broke down all the week... Oh, boy. We broke down all the week two predictions, the week two games. And, uh, that was episode six, and there's another animal.
cat. The animals are everywhere. They're everywhere. And there goes now. <laughs> I like how this has just turned into me watching your animals this and I'm soon gonna be around every day, but that's another topic. Um goes into other things. But that's gonna do it for the boys podcast episode sixteen. Uh YouTube video and you're probably not seeing that tonight. Uh it will be <laughs> <laughs> probably means not at all. Um, it'll, it'll be on Spotify though in about half an hour. Uh, if on the YouTube video, you will find all our socials on the end page for our Spotify listeners. You will find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Boys to Podcast. Our YouTube is the Boys Sports Show. Um, in the future, I'm gonna put all of our Instagrams on a thing because why not? Because why not? I'm real active, but uh, hey. hey. I mean, I mean, I'm active just posting Panther videos every single Sunday, but yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, but like I said, that's gonna do it for episode 16. That was Carl. This is Big E. We will see y'all next week. The boys out. Later, guys. <laughs>